Tom, the time is greatly appreciated. How are things going for you in your world? It's going good. Weather's been beautiful this week. Um, yeah, just a uh, nice, nice, nice week around here right now. So, you know, just trying to enjoy it before, you know, it gets hot again or it gets cold again or, you know, we get some of that inclement <laughs> weather coming through on Saturday. So, no doubt about that. No, it has been a great week for sure. And uh, it's awesome to be able to chat with uh, you about this Auburn football season so far. Four straight home games already with a fifth to come. It's kind of crazy when uh, we saw this, I think it was, what, 2016 when Auburn had five straight home games to open up the year. Pretty wild when we find ourselves in seasons like this. Yeah, yeah, and it goes by pretty quick. It's kind of kind of crazy to think that, you know, we're already a third of the way through the regular season. Um, and, you know, here we are, first, first game of uh, division play, and, you know, they haven't even hit the road yet, so... Uh, certainly been interesting first month that's for sure when you take a look at this team and you know we talked with you during fall camp and leading up to the start of the season tom and you were uh you know you talk about the ceilings and floors of so many of these football teams with auburn specifically given the first four weeks that we've seen has your answer changed on what the ceiling and floor of this football season could look like for the tigers um i'd don't think that their ceiling is high as I thought is as high as I thought it might be coming into the season. Um, you know, obviously they're three and one, which you know it's a good place to be through four games. But when you actually look at how they've performed through those first four games, I think it's been you know fairly underwhelming. Um, you know, especially th- those first two wins against Mercer and San Jose State, a little bit uneven, and then you know that loss to Penn State. You know, that was a big marquee you know non-conference game. Uh, you know real chance to kind of make an early season statement and you know you come out there and suffer your worst home loss in a decade and then you know get pretty fortunate last week to escape Missouri with a win there um you know Missouri literally just handing handing the game away there in overtime um so I I I don't think that you know the ceiling for this team is as high right now and frankly the the floor might have been lowered a little bit uh, based on what we've seen today for our four games Tom, a lot has been made of the struggles of this offensive line and and how they're playing right now. What can this offense do to maybe help out hide some of those deficiencies or uh, have some success despite uh, what the offensive line has not been able to do to this point? Well, I, I think this week with, with Robbie starting again, you know, just kind of moving the pocket for him, um, giving him some opportunities to make plays on the run, um, just because you know they, they've not been great in pass protection. Um, and you need to have some semblance of a of a passing attack um, to be able to create some lanes for Tank Bigsby. Um, you know, outside. You know, last week you look at that game. You know, the first two drives. You know, they moved the ball well. They scored, but once they got away from that script, you know, I think they averaged 1.9 sack adjusted rushing yards for the rest of the game. Um, finished the game with just 82 rushing yards when you have one of the best running backs in the country. Uh, that, that's frankly unacceptable. They need to do something to get this offense going. I know Robbie Ashford's still developing some as a passer, um, but you know he made some decent plays in the in the passing game last week. Um, you know, Coy Moore obviously kind of emerged a little bit there. You need to get Javarius Johnson back involved. Him having just one target and that one target coming in over time, uh, it's not going to cut it when he's been your most dynamic playmaker in the passing game. Um, they just need to do something to you know, get that passing game a step forward. So it takes a little bit of pressure and makes things a little bit easier on Tank Bigsby and that rushing attack. 
that was going to be one of my next questions about those wideouts because it's a position group, Tom, that a lot of people had a lot of questions for going into the year. And you mentioned uh, kind of the production that we've seen out of Javarius Johnson so far this year, but the wide receiver room as a whole has yet to catch a receiving touchdown this season. Only two touchdown passes for that passing offense. I mean, how can we view this wide receiver so far this season? Yeah, it's really wild. Um, you know, I looked it up the other day. Auburn is the only Power 5 team in the country where its wide receivers have not accounted for any sort of touchdown, rushing or receiving. No way, um, wow. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think USF and UAB are the only two FBS teams that aren't service academies that just run the option. Um, so, you know, it, that's not, you know, company you want to be in for, you know, a stat like that. And, you know, it's not all entirely the receiver's fault. I mean, you, know, you look at Javarius Johnson, for example. You know, he's had three big, you know, receptions that have, you know, come pretty close to touchdowns where he's been, you know, inside, you know, brought down inside the five yard line. Um, so there's certainly been some opportunities there, but you know, it's just a general lack of production in the passing game that's really hurt them. Um, and, you know, that starts up front. Um, you know, the offensive line play, you know, is either the crux of problems or the solution to a lot of problems. Um, so, you know, you get a little bit more time back there. You know, maybe you can get more production from the receivers, get some of these guys like Corey Moore, get Javarius Johnson involved. I'm surprised we haven't seen a little bit more of some of these, you know, freshmen. Like, you know, even last week we saw Cameron Brown and Omari Kelly get, get a little bit more opportunity. So, you know, they're going to have to do something to try to just, you know, up that production from the wide receiver core right now. Let's switch sides of the football. Let's go to the defense for this Auburn Tigers team. Uh, the strength of this defense through four games has been what? Uh, you know, it, it's still got to be the defensive front. I know they didn't perform great against Penn State, but, you know, they really stepped up um, last week against Missouri, you know, especially in that second half. Yeah, they forced you know, six straight punts. Um, you know, kind of get, got enough pressure there at the end to, you know, force that missed field goal and then, uh, you know, kind of got lucky in overtime again. But, you know, you, you look at Derek Hall and Colby Wood and Eckley Leota, and I, I think that's certainly you know, where the strength of this defense is right now. Um, you know, Derek Hall, you know, probably should have a couple more sacks than he already has, but, you know, he's got three on the year. Um, he's got five tackles for a loss already. He got that big interception last week. Finally got that monkey off their back of not having interceptions through the first three games. Um, so, you know, I, I look for him to, you know, kind of be that steadying presence and that vocal leader on this defense because, you know, he, he is the guy um, and he's been setting the tone for them. Tom, uh, the biggest question mark on the defensive side of the ball uh, coming into the season was the linebackers. A, a lot of guys that were super talented but unproven playing next to Owen Papo. Through four games, how do you think that unit's doing? Uh, well, Owen Papo's uh, you know picked back up where he was pre-injury. I, I think that's pretty clear. Um, you know, we've seen some flashes from Cam Riley. I, I, I think they just need to be more consistent against the run overall. Um, you know, between you know a lot of those younger players like Cam Riley and Wesley Steiner and uh, Eugene Asante and, and those guys. Um, but you know, it, it's been nice to see Owen Papo kind of return to form. I know last season was really frustrating for him. Uh, you know, just kind of trying to play through that ankle injury for a little bit and then just not being able to go and then watching, you know, from the sideline as the season kind of came crashing down. Um, so it, it's been good to see him, you know, get back to the OP that everybody saw the previous, you know, two seasons before that. 
Tom Green's here with us on the program today. You can follow him on Twitter at Tomas underscore Verde and a collection of their work from AL.com at AL.com Sports on Twitter as well. Tommy, look at these last two weeks for Auburn football, and it has been a lot of rumors swirling about the status, the future of Brian Harson as the head coach for the Tigers. What's that been like for you? Look, we just talk about the news that you guys are out there reporting. We have no business whatsoever trying to report any of this ourselves. But when there are so many rumors swirling out there, what's that like, trying to keep your head afloat and uh, understanding what's fact and fiction? Uh, stressful. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, don't get a lot of uh, you know rest or uh, sleep. Really, you know, when, when things are kind of tense like this, you know, because you know, like you said, you're just trying to parse through what's real and what's not um, at this point. Um, and you know, it's Auburn. You know, it can surprise you. Things can happen at any minute. Um, you know, it, it seems like coming into the season not. Uh, I'm not sure if Brian Harson was on the hot seat coming into the season after everything that happened in the off season, but he kind of built up a lot of goodwill over the you know, last you know seven months or whatever it was since the February inquiry, um, and then that Penn State came, uh, Penn State game came around, and you know you get absolutely hammered at home, and you know it seems like all that goodwill went out the window, and everybody's kind of on pins and needles about you know what got to kind of uh, you know watch your step every every step of the way now um, almost feels like it's a week-to-week thing uh you know especially you know, you're, you're finishing off this five game home homestand to open the season and then you hit the road and it doesn't get much easier you know you got defending national champion georgia next week you got a, you know a top 15 old miss team the week after that you know five of your seven remaining sec games are against top 16 defenses when your offense has been struggling um you know you really treacherous roads ahead and uh you know just gotta keep your head on a swivel really and so it's so hard to jump to that conclusion at the end of the day but does it not almost feel like it's a matter of if and not when we do see a change in leadership of that auburn football program or how should you look at this if you're an auburn football fan yeah it it definitely feels like it's a matter of when not if at this point um you know barring some you know miraculous turnaround um yeah it just seems like this is kind of been a failed experiment that's kind of petered out um team hasn't really fully recovered from that five game losing streak last year it seems like you know especially offensively we're seeing a lot of those same issues that doomed them late last season um you know not being able to score in the second half um you know just struggling offensively not getting good quarterback play and you know you brought in brian harson as an offensive guru who you know had a good history of quarterbacks and a good history of success at boise state and you know, just hasn't been living up to you know that end of the deal. Tom Green here with us on the program from AL.com. Like I said, Brant, myself, the rest of our crew, we're clueless when it comes to what's happening behind the scenes and that sort of thing. So uh, catch me up to speed. What is the latest regarding the search for Auburn's next athletic director? I know Rich McGlynn has that interim title right now, but are there any updates out there, Tom? Yeah, I mean, they're still in the process. The two names I keep hearing are Rich McGlynn and Utah State AD Josh Hartwell, um, who is a Mobile native, has some ties to Auburn, used to be the AD at Troy. Um, you know, th- those are the two names that kind of heard, heard the most lately. Not sure on the timeline at this point, but um, again, you know, those are just the, the two names that, you know, people keep mentioning to me um, when, I, when I discuss it with them. Uh, so kind of 
curious to see how long that's going to take because, you know, that AD may have to make a head coaching decision, um, or at least a head coaching hire. So, um, you know, we'll kind of we'll kind of see uh, what the timeline is for you know Chris Roberts making a making an official move there. You know, I know he said a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, when he named Rich McGlynn as interim AD that you know he'd he'd kind of have some more information about the search in the coming weeks. So, um, curious when uh, he'll actually uh, discuss that a little bit more publicly. Yeah, I can only imagine. Hey, you're the new athletic director, right? Now you got to go make a coach that everyone's going to judge. Uh, wow, what a, what a job they're stepping into there. Tom, we always do appreciate catching up with you. How can our listeners support you and the rest of the team there at AL.com? What's the easiest way to do that? Uh, radar stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, just go to AL.com slash sports or AL.com slash Auburn if you want Auburn stuff specifically. Um, radar stuff. Um, subscribe to the uh, paper if you know. If you're up in the Birmingham area or the Mobile area or the Huntsville area, but um, otherwise, yeah, just, just read our stuff and support us. Everybody okay with your family with the, the Florida Hurricanes going on right now, Tom? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, most of my family's in Central Florida right now, um, and you know they they got a lot of wind, a lot of rain. But um, as of this morning, they still had uh, uh, electricity in there and everything, so. Uh, they they're they've been hunkering down. They've they've been doing all right. Um, dogs haven't been fans of uh, of all the rain and the wind, but uh, everybody's doing well. I can only imagine what it's like to be a Dolphins fan right now, Tom, with a three and zero football team. That's what we'll end with. What's it like watching the Dolphins every week? Uh, I, I I I just don't know how to how to act. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's weird seeing this team with like a good offense and a good quarterback um and like do well um and and not feel stressed about you know whether or not they're going to score any points um you know that that resume through the first three weeks has got to be you know one of the more impressive ones in the nfl right now when you you beat the patriots you beat the raven you know you had that comeback against the ravens when lamar jackson's just been absolutely ridiculous these first three weeks and then you know deep arguably one of the best teams in the NFL in Buffalo and, you know, really limit them offensively. Um, feels pretty good. Um, we'll see what happens tonight against the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, I turn on the television and I see that C word next to the Dolphins name and that word being contender. Like, wow, the Miami Dolphins contender. <laughs> That's got to be awesome, man. It's always good to catch up with you. Thanks again for the time. We'll do this again soon, all right? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys.